Hello there. Welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And today we're joined by my good friend, amazing artist, and fellow podcaster, Connor Fitzgerald. Mm, hello. Thank you for that great introduction. Yes, of course. Thank you for being amazing. Thank oh, you for joining thank us. You. Thank you for having me. Yeah, bro. What are you into? Y'all, so I got into this um, actually through my girlfriend, but it is an anime called Review Starlight. That is not the full name, but if you search for that, R-E-V-U-E Starlight, you will get it. It's very interesting because it's an anime based on a mobile phone game. Okay. Now I know what you're thinking, but what's cool about it is a story about this all-girls performing school and these nine girls in the uh, theater acting department end up getting enlisted in this supernatural like combative arena where the top stage girl is promised any wish that they want. And so this anime is not only a slice of life of the girls kind of connecting together and like being friends, but also about these fights, why these people are doing this, what draws people. It ends up becoming an anime about what you're passionate about and okay. what drives you. And it's, it's crazy and funny and emotional at times and it's only like 12 episodes and it's animated beautifully oh nice so yeah that's my thing okay i I love it a lot yeah that sounds like my jam hell yeah um can i ask and Mm -hmm. if this is a spoiler you can feel free to say i don't want to answer that but is is the competition are these fights is it like a survival game like do people die or no, so this is actually okay. not a spoiler, and this at first was a turnoff because it like violence, but uh, the way that the, <laughs> the way that the fights work is that they uh, all have these outfits with these side capes on, yeah. um, and the combat is one when someone's lapel pin that holds on their cape is knocked off. It's okay. very simple. It's way more fun to watch than it should be. <laughs> so that yeah. Okay, but it's cool. cool, and it does also some like extra supernatural shit comes in later, and I'm like, I like that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, because I think that like if it were a survival game, that might be a turnoff. But like it being slice of life, and you kind of like getting invested in these girls and not having to see them die sounds appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is listen again. It's emotional, but it's not like straight up depressing right yeah i I feel like i've seen anime where they're they like will go very far into being like this is this person's backstory this is why you should love them and you're like oh my gosh i feel like i am that person and then you see them decapitated and you're like i'm sad for days (laughs) yeah like that shit like it is such a staple of anime to like get you so heavily invested in someone just to murder them in the most gruesome way possible. And uh, I'm Uh, glad that this isn't that. This is not that. (laughs) This is not that. Oh, okay, cool. So it's called Review Starlight. Yes. All right, sweet. Uh, Lex, what are you into? Uh, So Netflix just dropped uh, Invader Zim Enter the Florpus. Yes! Which uh, we've talked about on a previous Missing Out Monday segment that I was re-watching the original series as a lead-up to uh, the the feature revival. Uh, Invader Zim was so massively fundamentally... Uh, crucial as far as informing what my sense of humor was. I think when it first aired, I was about 11 years old, and that's when most of the biggest influences in my life were kind of hitting me all at the same time. Yeah. Um, big, 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 big fan of the show, and I am just as big a fan of the movie. I feel like it retains absolutely everything I love about the show as far as just how 
dark and weird and horrifying the entire thing is, but also uh, more heartfelt than I was expecting. Professor Membrane uh, is a bigger character in the feature than they've uh, allowed him to be in the past. And you get to explore Dib's relationship with his dad a little bit, which I really liked seeing. Um, And I also really appreciate that for the most part, and there's a kind of bit of resetting happening towards the end, but for the most part, the thing does function as a series finale. And it's, it's cool to see some semblance of something approximating, if not closure, then certainly resolution to something that I is beloved to me from my childhood. Like that's the age we're living in now. If you liked a thing once and it didn't get an ending, just wait a second. <laughs> it's going to get one. Um, Tari, I know you watched it as well. Yes. Would you, were, were you like as hot on it as I was? Cause like me here, here you go. Here's a good indication. So I've watched it twice now. First time I watched it, I was up late. I watched it as soon as it was on Netflix and uh, my girlfriend was asleep in the back bedroom, and I woke her up because of how loudly uh, I was laughing. <laughs> um, well, I didn't wake anyone up with my laughter, but um, I did really, I really liked it. I um, I really enjoy the the sensibilities. I also liked that you get a little bit of Justin Roiland in there um, as <laughs> the food bot, which was cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also like that they it's it's not self referential, but like it. It really plays with a lot of the things that you enjoyed about the show um, and also uh, builds on the characters and, and has a way of letting you spend time with them in in new fun ways. Like you get a lot more time with um, uh, Gaz is the sister's name, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which I really enjoyed. Um, there's a new character um, who is... Is it a? I don't know if it's a spoiler. Uh, yeah. Are you uh, thinking about the Clembrain? Yes, Clembrain. Yeah. <laughs> um, that character is probably my favorite character. He's quite a bit of character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a lot of character to love. Oh yeah. If that's your thing. Um, and I also the the animation itself oh, is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, you even just from the beginning, you start to realize with just the regular. The, I think it starts with. Um, Gaz and, and Professor Membrane eating food, and you realize how sleek the lines are, and how um, how much it, or how sophisticated the 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 art itself is, and how much that will lend to the bonkersness that comes later. Right. Yeah, and it feels like they didn't uh, stray too far from. I mean, obviously, all of the designs are the same. They didn't they didn't stray too far from the look of the original show, but everything feels a little bit more robust. Everything right. feels like a little bit more like the, you talk about the lines in particular feel just that much more uh, defined and solid, mm-hmm. which is cool. Also, I really dig that uh, the title hit is the first fucking thing that happens. This is not a spoiler, and y- y'all know what it's called. Uh, the title hit. Oh. Man. Is a very explicit reference to Army of Darkness with the dib membrane verses in the smoke font. That's how Sam Raimi opens Army of Darkness. Mm. Ash goes through the portal, and then the same fucking thing. It's Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. So right away, I knew that I was I was among friends and shit. Yeah, ah. it was. Um, I and I haven't finished watching it because, admittedly, I started watching before a party started, so I didn't have the time. <laughs> That being said, I liked what I saw. And uh, yeah, I noticed that reference. They had some other references I wasn't expecting, like the JoJo references oh, yes. in the beginning. Um, and it was cool because, again, 
no matter what you think of the movie itself, it was incredibly faithful. The animation was beautiful. The voice actors were amazing because they picked that shit up like right. Obviously, they did some work, but like right. it was so faithful, mm-hmm. so faithful. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by how consistently it was done. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you brought up the JoJo reference. That was one I wasn't expecting. Uh, yeah. And it, it made me realize, like, because when I was watching it, I don't think I was as sophisticated in my anime knowledge, how inspired by the sensibilities of anime it is, mm-hmm. um, which is phenomenal to, like, go back and be like, oh, I understand. And I understand how the two influence each other and how both of those things influenced me. Yeah. And uh, that I will, and sorry, just... I'm going to do a plug for Jonah Vasquez, but first off, he voiced the computer, yeah. which mm-hmm. I did not know that. Second, um, there's an Invader Zim comic series. Which I just became aware of. Yes. Like, they're 45 issues yes. in, and now I have shit to read you, for the next week and stuff. You need to get in that, because I didn't know this, because I haven't read them, but my friend was telling me, like, oh, yeah, the, the movie is based on a lot of the comics. I became aware, yeah, like, when I became aware of it, I looked and I saw some some pages that people threw up online and it's like oh the first 10 15 minutes is lifted it looks like almost from directly the comics, from like that first issue which is so cool go buy the comics <laughs> if you like invader zim get that money jonah you deserve it well and That's also cool. too, like go back even further and check out like i became introduced to him johnny because of fucking homis- johnny the homicidal maniac, maniac which, so good. which i read when i was way the fuck too young to Me be reading too. johnny the homicidal maniac <laughs> and from there i found like i found the bad art collection at the same time mm. and that which i still have my old like tattered copy of the bad art collection from like 15 years ago and wow. shit um no older than that I'm, I'm old now uh but like from from forever ago and like then i found squee and then like the two oh issue God. like i feel sick and so yeah. knowing now that i can go and check out a ton of new material uh where jonah vasquez is playing in the comic book world again but also featuring a ton of characters that i didn't realize how much i missed until i saw this feature that i'm fucking hyped for yeah. so so look forward to the missing out monday where i go on a fucking tear about the 45 issues of invader zim that i read i can't wait <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> oh man um what about you Tari? well oh my gosh thank you for asking hey, no problem wow um looks like ne- this all the time we have so <laughs> oh, uh, all right well uh, thank you for joining no um <laughs> uh netflix also released something for me um this week uh this week last weekend they released season two of Mind Hunter. Mm. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Mind Hunter, and I only, uh, I only just started the whole series. Like I saw that it was coming, and so I was like, "All right, I'm going to catch up on the first season." And so I watched the first season over the course of the last two days. I have a lot of serial killer in my brain. Um, but if you're unfamiliar with the premise, uh, essentially, it takes place before the idea of a serial killer was a thing. So, like for the first half of the whole series. Um, they're referring to them as sequence killers and they're like, must be something, something else we can call them. Um, but it's essentially, uh, Jonathan Groff, um, and Anna Torv, and I forget the name of the other gruff, uh, agent, but, uh, they are diving into the behavioral psychology of people who murder, which is a new concept in their world. And so it's them kind of, uh, struggling against the bureaucracy of working with the FBI. Um, and they're trying to interview serial killers before the concept exists and, and trying to understand why they're doing it. And so it's really them exploring and, and coming to understand the methodology behind people who 
kill and, and trying to categorize them in different ways. And so you see not just how they're forming their methodo- methodology, but you get to see their personalities bounce off of one another. You have um, Anatorv, who is a, she's a scholar. Like she's written books about different behavioral psychology. And so she's really interested in the specific way that they do things. She's like, stick to the script um, because we have to make sure that our science is solid. You have Jonathan Groff, who is, he's a fair, not a new uh, FBI agent, but he has been shifted from his job as more of a negotiator to a teacher. And so he's really diving into this world. Like if you were to equate him to a character that people know, I would say he is like the detective in Hannibal, hmm. whose name I forget. Will Graham? Will Graham, yes. All right, all right, so I like he, that show. Yes. Um, he kind of fills that role in that he is diving into this world and he gets very much into it. He's not like as uh, disturbed as Will Graham is and that like Will Graham had like mental issues, but like he is, he's kind of, uh, his world is blurring with the serial killers and he tries to like get on their level and everyone is un. Every, no one's really used to hearing people speak that way, and mm-hmm. so you, especially since it's like I think it's the uh, late seventies, early eighties, where you hear how uncomfortable people are with words like vagina and period and things like that. Um, and so you're you're really getting to dive into him and his uh, mental state, and also you have the gruff uh, detective who's been around the block a few times, who's been doing the teaching thing for a long time, and now. He's doing this new venture, but he still has all of his old mentalities about it. And so that's the dynamic of this team coming into it. And you really get to explore what makes someone a killer. And they they, they don't shy away from having someone casually talk about, you know, decapitating their mother and then having sex with the head. Things of that sort. Finally, like, I will see myself represented on screen. <laughs> it's about damn time. Exactly. That's how I felt about Black Panther and now this. <laughs> and to get one after the other like that, what a treat. Yeah, exactly. What a, treat. what a time to be alive. I know. <laughs> um, no, but it, it's a it's a great show. I think that like it really appeals to me in that like I like um, if you if you like things like True Detective. Or like Hannibal, I think this is going to be your jam. I keep hearing amazing things about it. Um, and also uh, of note, of interest to me, anyway, uh, Damon Harriman is the actor who plays Charles Manson in season two. And he also played Charlie Manson in Once Upon, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh, for, cool. for a very brief appearance in that movie. But yeah, he, oh, so wow. he gets to, do it, gets to do it twice. Oh. And uh, so now in my head, shared universe. Yep. Because yep. we, lo- we love those. That's how it goes. I think so. <laughs> um yeah and i will i will also say speaking of the serial killers i think that they perfectly cast the people who play the serial killers that they are interviewing and they're all so nuanced and well acted so like if nothing else i think that is a big draw to the show yeah. right right yeah. i hate nuance but that sounds like if you liked that look i get good. it yeah Nuances for sucker. Just need blatancy, you know. Yeah, I'm only That's here it. for the decapitated head sex. Yeah, <laughs> more of that, please. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of something with absolutely no nuance, um, we're going to be talking about the Matrix tomorrow. Connor has been kind enough to bring that in for us, uh, so we're going to be uh, 
breaking that down, the themes, the characters, the actors, the process of, of making it, um, the influence it's had across time, things of that sort, um, all of the nuances of that movie. Uh, so thank you, Connor, for bringing that in. Of course. Um, and oh my gosh, uh, what if someone wants to talk to you about stuff? Where oh, can they find you? Don't do that. No, I'm at a uh, token studios on Instagram and Twitter. It's token studios with two K's T O K K E N studios. That's it. Just find, <laughs> just find me there. Just find me there. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and they'll also be able to find you on tomorrow's main show. Um, where again, we're going to be talking about the matrix. And Rider Dice. Sorry, I've got another podcast to do with Tari. I play a cat in space. No, it's, dude, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For, forget that podcast. T- okay. No. <laughs> Don't listen to it. No, please listen to it. It's a fun time. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, uh, this is now that you're here, I can talk. Oh, guys, guys, listen to Rider Dice. It's amazing. The sound design <laughs> is so good. It uh, really is. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Someone uh, should be very proud of themselves. Yeah. Self-plug. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I mean, I did that. It's all good. <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> um, Lex, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at TheLexMichael. And you can find me at Tari J, T-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Uh, but let us know what you're into. You can do so at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T on Twitter and Instagram. But if you want to tell us stuff, do it on Twitter because that's where we respond. Um, but yeah, and make sure to join us tomorrow for the main show. Uh, and uh, we will see you then. Thanks again, Connor, for joining us for this mini show. And we'll see thank, you tomorrow. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you tomorrow. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. <laughs>